Hi, I'm Matt Kirkegaard, and this is Radio Brews News. This week, in addition to Brews News Week and Beer as a Conversation, we have something a little different. We get lots of requests from businesses to appear as a guest on Beer as a Conversation. It is a great way to get information out to people working in or highly engaged with the beer industry. Ultimately, we refuse most show requests because we want the show content to be interesting for our listeners and self-promotion rarely is. Every now and then, though, we get a request that doesn't really fit into one of our regular podcasts and is promotional in nature, but the topic is still something we think will be of great interest to a section of our listeners. This is one of those topics. Because it's not a topic we would normally run, it is sponsored content, but we think it's also something that many of our listeners, particularly those who make and sell beer, will be greatly interested in. Brad Moran is a former AFL footballer who is now an entrepreneur. He has started a number of online businesses, most recently a system that enables online liquor stores to create an auction for brewers to bid on search terms in that store to improve their ranking, much like they can do in a bricks and mortar store to get the coveted eye level shelf. At the same time, it balances relevance for the consumer to ensure that their online store searches are also meeting their needs. It sounded like a pretty cool bit of technology and one that many of our industry listeners, and even those with an interest in technology, entrepreneurship, or the evolution of the beer market, would find interesting as well. So here's my chat with Brad Moran from Citrus. Brad Moran, welcome to Brews News. Thanks, thanks for having me. But um, I guess the first question I have to ask is how uh, somebody that was born and raised in England came to be playing elite level uh, AFL in Australia. Yeah, pure luck as it was, it would have it, pretty much. I got kicked out of every other sport that I was playing, that's why I ended up in AFL. Um, no, look, I had, a, I had a mate that was playing AFL at the age of 17, and um, they were a player down at the local club, and he said, come down and play You'd your tour. You moved to Australia at this stage, Yeah, obviously. yeah, I was obviously, I moved from England to the Gold Coast. Um, Gold Coast wasn't actually that prevalent in AFL either, it's not like I moved to Victoria. And uh, just as luck would have it, when I, my first training session, there was a couple of ex-professionals happened to be there. Um, and then they sort of, uh, you know, told my mum and dad that oh, he could make it. You know, he, he's got athletic ability. And then from then on, it was, you know, train every day until you learn how to kick a footy. And then, you know, parents kind of forcing me to do it, even though I didn't want to do it. And then uh, 12 games later, I got drafted to North Melbourne. And, wow. Uh, and the rest was history, really. I'd... I'd I then learnt how to become a footballer, um, so they tried to take an athlete and turn him into a footballer. They were sadly mistaken, but uh, I ended up playing three years at North Melbourne and four years at the Crows uh, yep. in Adelaide, where, um, where I finished up and my wife had two kids and started the business. So that was kind of my whiz-bang seven years in the AFL. <laughs> it was uh, a lot of good fun. It's uh, very different to the business world, that's for sure. Yeah, well, and that was my next question. How do you go from AFL to uh, you know, startups, particularly startups in the digital world? Yeah, I mean, look, you think that, um, like, AFL's a bubble. Like, you think it's you think it's hard work when you're in there. And it is. It's, it's very competitive and, um, you know, it's ruthless. But the business world is so much more ruthless. <laughs> um, I think, I think the, thing, the things that we took out of football, like, I'm a typical type A personality, so... You know, the tenacity and hard work and dedication to a cause obviously transitions from one to the other quite nicely. Um, but I think, you know, I, I just had that personality where I wouldn't take no for an answer. And so, um, you know, I always wanted to start a business, even when I was playing football at the age of 18, had business ideas, but just never really had the opportunity to get them off the ground. 
And then at the Crows, you know, right time, right place, um, mixed with the right people, just came up with an idea of wanting to pre-order my food and coffee on an iPhone. Had one of the first iPhone 3s, um, jailbroke it from the US, and I thought, well, I want to try and make a business out of this. Took it to a couple of guys that I knew. Um, they said, good idea, this is what you need to do, raise money, this is how you raise money, this is how you build a business plan, this is how you, you know, create what you need to create. And then everything else was just Googled, you know, how to, how to use Photoshop, <laughs> YouTube, <laughs> how, how, to, how to create images and screenshots, how to, how to look like you've got a product before you have a product, you know, what does an IM look like, how do you raise capital? So pretty much literally went from, um, didn't have any qualifications in business or anything like that, so just started up said this is what I want to do how do I do it and then you ask enough questions you get the answers you need and eventually over time you you get one poor sucker that invests in you and then then they all flow on from there and then before you know it you're five years in 15 million dollars worth of investment and you're overseas in the US trying to flog your product to, to different people over there and a year on from that then you get fired from your own company Okay. So uh, it's uh, it was certainly a roller coaster with every edge of the spectrum involved in it. So it was a very fast start, um, lots of ups and downs in the e-commerce industry. We had the right product at the right time. Um, ended up selling while well, the platform evolved into an e-commerce platform for liquor and grocery, and that's how we sort of got into citrus in the end. But uh, yeah, it didn't end well for me. But yeah, you live and you learn. Probably the best thing that happened was me getting shoved out, but uh, enabled me to start Citrus, which is going much better. So. Start your next one, and, and that's what we're here to, to talk about today. So I guess, um, w what's the elevator pitch, uh, which entrepreneurs love to love to give? What's the elevator pitch for Citrus? Yeah, I mean, we, we decided to digitize the concept of shelf space. Point of sale shelf space is the most valuable um, advertising that any supplier can do. And what we do is we enable that to happen in the digital world. And we, we came across this just idea because of we were in e-commerce before and we struggled to position products in the right place. You know, what, what products should we put at the top of the page? You know, something that Google's just um, made a lifestyle out of doing. You know, they, they, they've, they've killed the search engine industry. They, they, they know exactly what you want before you know you want it. You know, they've gotten to the point where they can, you can type in half of it text string and they'll know exactly what you mean. So we're not quite there, but the point is is that we struggled, we wanted to fix that void. We knew how much money brands were paying to be on the shelves in the stores. We knew how, how lucrative it was, how ruthless it was to be on middle shelf, be an eye line because it drove more sales. And just stepping back because uh, you know when you go into a bottle shop, um, which is where a lot of our listeners will uh, be putting their products, yep. uh, you've got four or five rows of, of shelving yep. um, and one shelf is the peak shelf basically the, the shelf that's at eye line that's what people notice and that sells so if your product's there you're going to sell more and then consequently people want to be there absolutely which means yeah. that to the storeholder that middle shelf has value to the storeholder yep. because it's got value to the um yeah correct product. and i mean all that goes into the trading terms and 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 how much money the brand spends determines where, what positioning they get. They have to then sell certain volumes in order to maintain that position. So, you know, humans are creatures of habit. You know, we all go in and we look at, we're, not, we're particularly lazy as well. So you go into a bottle shop and you've got 50 different types of rum and 100 different types of Shiraz, thousands of different types of wine. 
you're gonna pick a certain price point, you're gonna look at a certain amount of bottles, whichever one takes your fancy, maybe you like a certain region, and then you're gonna, pay, you're gonna pick from, from, a, from a range of, a very small um, range of products. And that's where shelf space becomes so important. And in the digital world, it gets exacerbated even further. So you walk into a, uh, you know, uh, a bottle shop and you've got, you might look at two, 300 products without even noticing. You, know, mm-hmm. you, you scan around, you see branding, you see signage. Whereas in the online world, the minute you hit the Shiraz page, you're seeing three, four, maybe five products. Mm-hmm. And so statistically, 67% of clicks come from the first three products on the page. Okay. So Amazon's verified those statistics. Lots of people are verifying those statistics now. And nine-tenths of products are clicked come from the first page of results. So if you take a category like wine, Shiraz, for instance, got 900 to 1,000 products in it. Um, you know, if you're not on the first page of results, you've got a one in 10 chance of being bought. So they're pretty slim odds, mm-hmm. um, you know. So, so what we did was we created a mechanism where um, suppliers could bid to compete to be at the top of the page for their particular category or yep. search term. So if I'm a craft beer, I wanna be at the top of the craft beers page or, or when someone types in craft beers or beer or light beer or whatever it is, yep. um, I wanna be at the top uh, because I wanna have first right of refusal. Basically, I want people to see me first, which then you know increases the chance of them purchasing a craft beer. Now, if someone's totally loyal to a craft beer or a wine or a spirit, then yes, we're not saying that they're gonna switch from one to another unless the price point switches dramatically as well. Mm-hmm. But most people have a type of alcohol they like or they like a certain category or they'll shop within a certain price range. And as long as it's within that price range, they might have three, four, five brands that they select from. So then it becomes a matter of, okay, which one's more convenient to me? I don't want to spend all day looking for things. Mm-hmm. And that's where the shelf space has proven to be extremely valuable. So, you know, it's not just market research. We've seen brands get astronomical returns from being in position one. You know, we know that position one from a sponsored product gets twice as many clicks as position two, nine times as many clicks as position five. You know, over Christmas when we launched um, with Dan Murphy's, we saw, uh, you know, brands take five, 6% market share in a mm-hmm. category because they were sponsored. You know, okay. Direct correlation between brands who were sponsored going up versus brands who weren't sponsored going down. So it was a clear, clear pathway between being um, in the top row. But as a, as a beer drinker hearing that, um, you know, you, you look at most advertising and it's the biggest, arguably the least interesting brands that are the ones that you see in magazines, you see on billboards, because they've got the money to do that. Yep. Um, and so it leads to uh, almost you know the, the rise of the vanilla, the rise of the anodyne, the big boring products yep. that have the money to, sp- to spend. How, if I go to the Dan Murphy's catalogue and I search for pale ale, yep. how do I know, uh, am I being served as a consumer um, by being given the best pale ale or being given the most interesting or just the pale ale from the biggest brewery that has the biggest advertising budget? Traditionally, pre-citrus, most websites would go on an algorithm that is off the shelf. So maybe it's based upon sale count, mm-hmm. which automatically would determine, okay, who's the most popular one in the store, which ones have the biggest budgets, not really that personalized. Um, very few retailers actually monetizing their sites very well anyway. Um, so there's not actually a lot of science that goes into determining what comes up at the top of the page. I guess what Citrus is really doing and, and where we're probably adding the most amount of value is to the the smaller end of town. 
So the the bigger guys, they have good trading terms. They have you know they can buy banners and priority trading positions. So uh, for just to throw a name out there, uh, Yak Ales or um, Great Northern or one of those breweries go in. Yep. Um, they're in the catalogs, the, the print catalogs and things. So they would have trade terms with someone like Dan Murphy's already. Yep. Um, okay. Sorry. Sorry. Yeah. Just. Uh, yeah. So I guess what we're doing is we did what kind of Google did for um, search. You know what we did was we brought in the mum and dad pop stores the ability for a small brand to compete alongside a bigger brand so if you think the average liquor store stocks thousands of products only a handful of suppliers get a seat at the table to negotiate where they sit within the store and the reason that happens is because they don't have enough staff to sit there with every single craft brewer or every single supplier and negotiate terms just physically impossible mm -hmm. In the digital world though, that does become possible. So because we built like a, a SaaS based product or a, a self-service product, it enables a craft brewer or any, any brewer or any supplier of any size to come in and go, oh, I wanna be top of the craft beer page, and I'm, I'm, but my budgets are only like 50 bucks a day versus CUV, which might be you know, $10,000 a day. Mm -hmm. But the good thing about what Citrus does is it, is it takes relevancy into consideration. So if you buy craft beer and you buy like local craft beer or you buy organic craft beer or, or, or some sort of attribute that says you're not mainstream, we're going to rank the boutique beer over the highest paying beer. And, and how do you get that information about me to serve a relevant? Yeah, so we work with the retailers on getting unidentifiable history, basically. Okay. So, so we don't know who you are, but we know that this particular code that hits the page buys these things and these price ranges so then yep. we start to get a bit of a picture of who you are mm -hmm. and that way we can serve you more relevant content so in a way that makes the personalization of the um, the shopping experience much better for the customer so they're not always getting served the mainstream stuff mm -hmm. they don't necessarily want it means they don't have to go through pages and pages and pages to find the beer that they're actually looking for and it also gives the smaller guys a seat at the table. You know, they're now actually got some control over where their products go. Mm -hmm. Now we can't guarantee them top spot because someone might outbid them who's equally as relevant, but at least now, <clears throat> instead of having 10, 12 brands controlling shelf space, we've enabled a system where 10,000 brands can all compete for it. So it becomes so, far more level playing field. So if I'm a small little craft brewery yeah. um, and I've got a pale ale up against, again, just because it's one of the market leaders, um, a Wild Jack, for example, um, and I'm going for that style of beer, um, CUB has got big pockets, as you said. Mm -hmm. um, they can bid $5 um, for a click. Um, you know, my budget's probably, as you said, maybe $50 a day, so yep. I'm making 50 cents a dollar. Yep. Um, am I going to compete with the, the um, Matilda Bay, if I'm much more relevant as a search term? Yeah, so there's two parts to our product. Um, it's an auction, but it's driven into two components. One is relevancy. So we score every product for relevancy first. So we look at the attributes of the product, what price range it sits in, what, um, you know, where's it from, what, and we try and pair it to the person who's on the page or what, what the lookalike of what's on the page. And then we score it out of, we score it from zero to one, which is kind of like an infinite number, but let's say it's zero to a hundred. Mm -hmm. So let's say we look at a craft brewer and a local craft beer, it ranks 70 out of a hundred versus a mainstream guy ranks 30 out of a hundred. Well, we have a minimum cutoff basically that says, if you're not above a certain amount, doesn't matter how much you've got, 
you know, you're not getting, you're not, you're not getting to the auction. So if you're bidding $10,000 a click, but you don't reach a certain amount of relevancy, you're not even going to the auction to, to, to participate. So we, look, so we really do cater for relevancy first, which really gives the smaller brands an opportunity to get, to get to the top of the page and get sold and get their brand out there. Once they get into the auction, it's very similar to Google. It's your relevancy score, so say 70, times your maximum bid, let's say 50 cents hypothetically, you know, that works out to be 35 points or $35, yep. whatever you want to talk about. And then you've got someone who's at 50 and their bid's a dollar or whatever it is. Then we work out basically who, who, who matches the most amount of relevancy to the customer. And then we position them in one, two, three, or four. So yes, ultimately, if, if a local craft brewer is of the exact same <coughs> relevance to a mainstream guy, and the mainstream guy's paying more, then it's all about you know who's getting clicked more. So we're gonna measure the click-through rates. Mm -hmm. So you know, scientifically, statistically, whichever way you want to put it, over time we get a better idea of one who's susceptible to trying new things. For instance, you know, lots of people like to try new craft beers. Craft beers are very popular these days. Um, so I think it's <coughs> it's more about just trying to create an even playing field, and uh, and it's really good for new products as well. People that perhaps um, are launching a new brand or a new line. Um, it's very hard for them to get shelf space because they haven't proven themselves yet. So online's a great way for them to for them to try that. So um, and it works. I mean, we're seeing anything between you know over Christmas we saw a return on ad spend of anywhere between five hundred percent and two thousand percent. So every dollar you spend, you get you know fifty dollars back, five dollars mm -hmm. back. So it was um, we're seeing very much so incremental sales driven from being in sponsored positions, so. And, and I guess in the beer world where once you're in somebody's, it, it's trying to get in someone's hand first up, and if they like the product, they do tend to show some loyalty mm -hmm. um, to, to brands, particularly if they're buying through someone like Dan Murphy's, I'd imagine. Yep. Yeah, yeah, I mean we, so we're now branching out into um, like mybottleshop.com, who's another uh, online only play. Um, we'll probably have most of the online liquor world on by the end of the year, so. We're going to get a good spread. Obviously, mm -hmm. Dan's has its demographics. Um, obviously, you know, it will beat everyone's price. So people that go there probably are price driven mm -hmm. as well, um, which does factor into it. Whereas, say, a BWS um, with the one-hour delivery would be like more convenient. So um, there, it's more about making a decision quickly, getting what I want, rather than. Dan Murphy's, I might spend three, five minutes browsing, looking around, you know, evaluating things. Mm -hmm. um, it's much more of a shopping experience rather than just going in, grabbing something quickly or, you know, having an online purchase, which is generally more convenience driven. So, so I think there's an opportunity, um, you know, for, for brewers to get involved, even at the smallest level. There's no limitation what they can do, what they, what they can't do. And, and I guess that's the, the question, given that we're sort of speaking to brewers um, today. Um, if, if I'm a brewer, um, I want to. I've got my beer in one of the online marketplaces. Yep. How do I get involved in Citrus? Is there a cost to me in signing up? Or no. So exactly like your Googles and your Facebooks, um, it's a cost per click, cost per impression model. So they'd head to the website. They would sign up, create an account, select their products, select which products they want to promote, put a budget against them. Mm -hmm. Say fifty dollars against this particular beer. Um, put a maximum bid cost. 
they don't pay the maximum, they only pay one cent more than their next competitor. So okay. even if they bid $3 and the next guy bids 30 cents, they only pay 31 cents. And then they only pay for clicks. So they're only paying once things are basically added to the cart. So you know we're, we're doing nine tenths of the work for them. Mm-hmm. If someone doesn't check out or abandons their cart, then you know, there's not much we can do about that. But yep. And they can start as small or as large as they want. So we often say to people start with two or three products, you know, $10, $20 a day. And as you start to see results in real time, so you can see results the minute you, you push go, you can start to see impressions and clicks. Mm-hmm. So you can start to see if your product's actually selling. Um, Which I guess is different. I mean, I've always wondered when you see uh, you know, the paper catalogs are delivered to your um, mailbox and you've got, obviously that the brewers who are involved in that have shelled out a couple of thousand dollars for, for the print costs of, of, of getting in there and there's in-store support and the only feedback they've got is whether there's a sales bump at the end of the month or you know whatever the reporting period um, is after. It, it sounds like Citrus is going to give much more direct feedback over where your in-store marketing spend is going. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, for online, you know, we give a direct correlation. So if your product, we, we give sales reports back. So you know, we can tell you impressions to clicks, clicks to sales, we can tell you real time what your return on ad spend is. And then, you know, we stand by our ethos that it's a transparent system and it works. So if you don't like it and it doesn't work, then you don't just stop spending money through it. But mm-hmm. there's one thing that is, that we always say to suppliers like who do have the big budgets, you know, it's pointless spending money on TV and radio and print and everything outside the store if the first products they see on the website are your competitors. Because you know all that branding that you've done has now been removed at the point of sale. Mm-hmm. So the point of sale is arguably the most important part of the sale, obviously, because that's where they go to check out. That's where they can be convinced or turned or you know change their decision. Um, so I mean, yes, it does help if you have the TV budgets and the, you know obviously the biggest brands in the world do above the line advertising. And yes, it does work. Yep. But for the smaller for the smaller guys who can't afford that, you know smaller brewers would know that like Facebook's quite good for them because they can pick certain demographics to go after and they can pay smaller amounts of money. So this is just a natural extension of that new micro advertising world to say, well, okay, six months ago, could you push your product to the top of the Dan Murphy's website? And the answer would have been no, but now you can, mm-hmm. you know, using something like Citrus. So. So what happens to me if uh, I'm, I'm in a store like Dan Murphy's, uh, I've got my product in a store like Dan Murphy's and I'm not on Citrus and somebody comes in and search for the category that my product sits in, am I just going to be pushed down the, the, the list? And so people who are on Citrus are um, favoured over people who aren't using Citrus? Yeah, that's you know part of the course. Um, naturally, if there are, as long as they meet a certain level of relevancy, we're not going to show irrelevant things, even if they're the only ones, mm-hmm. um, to people that aren't relevant. But yeah, of course, those who are sponsoring their products are going to sit at the top of the page. Mm-hmm. Um, after the first five products, it goes by the native organic rankings anyway. So if you're on position five, then you'll appear in position 10, hypothetically. So um, it's, it's not so much going to disadvantage people that are on the first page already, it's more going to help the people who aren't even on that page or aren't even anywhere near that page or you know, aren't getting to the top. So it's not only a brand recognition thing, it's also going to attribute to sales. So 
we know that even even if you just take the online world, like the e-commerce world off the table for a second, we know that you know when shoppers are in store, more than half the shoppers in the retail industry use their mobile phones when they're in the store to compare products or look at products. So there's a there's a you know there's certainly an argument to say that you want to be in front of them on that three-inch device that they're looking at when they're making their selection. So mm-hmm. it's it's sort of a it's a difficult one because we can't necessarily share all the information we'd like to share because obviously there's confidentiality with retailers and sales amounts and that sort of stuff. But you now we advise you know the more the more products you have online with Citrus, the more data you can get for your products. So if nothing else, you can start to understand how your product's performing. Yeah, you know, a lot of these guys just don't know. Do you start? Did you get information about repeat purchase or anything like that? Uh, yeah, we, we're getting towards like the version two of our product, which is more demographic. You know, this is what your audience look like. Um, how are they repeat purchases? You know, are they incremental? They're the same people that keep coming back. So as we as we build out a development team, they're certainly the features that we're looking at building out now. Um, but what we what we do do though is we sort of so long as the retailer's happy, we, we can give them, you know, how did you go this time last year versus this year with kind of citrus. So they get, uh, you know, a fuzzy, you grew or you didn't grow mm-hmm. kind of, you know, we can't say how you grew by this much or how you had this many sales last year, had this many sales this year. Um, but, you know, they certainly get, am I getting value out of this or not? And I guess that the retailer gets a share of the, you know, if, if there's a bid, the retailer gets a percentage of that spend, so it's increasing their uh, revenues as well? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, um, the retailer puts a fair bit of effort into um, integrating into their website. Um, they have to share a lot of data with us, so there's a hard cost in doing that. And we're essentially um, working with them to make their real estate more efficient mm-hmm. um, and monetize at the same time as making it personalized, but doing it in an autonomous way. So like trying to sell space manually, it's very labor intensive and hard and static. So even if a big brewer did want to buy, you know, um, some shelf space, they probably could, but they're going to buy it for everybody, you yep. know, not necessarily the guys that are relevant to them. So having, a, having an autonomous machine learning based system doing it for them just makes it much more efficient and it's just really the only way you can do it. Mm-hmm. Um, so, but yeah, the retailer does obviously take a cut. We have to pay them for yep. uh, for, for renting their space, if you like, or working with them. Um, bigger guys always take the lion's share of the, of, of the revenue. So, uh, you know, we, but we, we, we're comfortable with our revenue models and it's all performance-based, so there's no subscription costs to either side. Yep. So a supplier doesn't have to pay any flat fees or join-up fees or anything like that. It's all based on performance. Is, is it making that searching process more efficient, not just more, you know, not monetizing that search process? Is it making, you know, are, are you going, is the consumer going to get better results? Is the... Yeah, I mean, that's why we focused on relevancy first. Like, there's a few systems out there in the world that do just monetization. Mm-hmm. But in order to, like, firstly, from a commercial point of view, in order for us to get paid, people have to click on the ads. So if they're not clicking on them, you know, they could have a bid price of $1,000, if we're not gonna get clicked on, we make one cent, so mm-hmm. it becomes pointless to us. Um, so that's why we have, you know, we look at we look at eight factors when we when we measure relevancy to a customer. So they're all like kind of secret source, if you like, but everything from what economic range do they shop in? Mm-hmm. Do they shop cheap beer, medium beer, okay. you know, premium beer? 
Um, we look at what carton sizes they buy, you know, how, what their frequency is, what attributes they look for. Are they, you know, light beer? Is it um, craft beer? Is it from the Hunter Valley? Is it from overseas? Is it international, domestic? And is this all in cookies on there? So we get it as part of the kind of information we get from the retailer. So we know that, you know, unidentifiable, this hash is on the website yep. and they, uh, they buy these types of things mm -hmm. so we can characterize them. And then that helps build a profile, starts to build a personality about that particular person. So, so relevancy first, money second, basically. So we don't favor those with the biggest pockets over those that are more relevant, which is ultimately what keeps everyone honest. And did I hear correctly, so if um, I bid $2 and my competitor um, bid $1.90, for example, um, I only paid $1.91? Correct. Okay. Yeah. So, 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 you're not, so you're really only going um, up against, uh, if you are going up against bigger budgets, you're still uh, not putting money on the table that you don't need to. Yeah, correct. It's not saying here's how much I have to pay. It's here's my maximum. Here's mm -hmm. what I'm prepared to pay. Yeah. And very, it's very similar to how um, a lot of the other online auctions work. It's basically you get your rank. So five of you go into the auction, five of you get positioned on the page. Position one pays one cent more than position two. Position two pays one cent more than position three. And then position five kind of pays. It's, it's a, that's a more complex formula. But mm -hmm. basically the, the take home message is, you know, you'll, you'll never pay more than you want to pay and you'll only ever pay more than what the next guy's prepared to pay. Um, what do you say, uh, you know, a lot of the guys who are out there who will be listening to this are craft brewers and yeah. they sort of talk about it's a relationship, we're doing, we're in a different business um, than the big guys, you know, we're breaking paradigms, it's all about, you know, being iconoclastic and doing something a little bit different. Um, yeah, having a personality and, you know, yeah. like, you know, getting involved in more than just a label, right? Um, how does, does this serve that market or, or are we essentially saying well with the, no matter how iconoclastic you are you still have to play in, in the same pool as the big guys if you yeah look there's a online. degree of point of sale space has its value no matter what type of marketing campaign you run whether you're a big brewer or you're a small brewer you've still got to be in front of them like if you don't have shelf space you become invisible you don't even get a seat at the table so that like it's not a scare tactic but that's like point one um, second thing is we're, we're releasing now the functionality for banner ads. So what we're finding is that, yeah, you can push your product to the top of the page, but if no one's ever heard of your product before, it's not going to be as effective as if you've got a nice graphic there saying, you know, I always love the James Squire one that tells you about him as a person. Mm -hmm. You know, it's like, oh, you start to relate to the brand. You know, mm -hmm. I want to buy that type of beer because it has this type of story. You know, people like to tell stories about why they do things. and. I think that, that gives brands then, and particularly challenger brands, um, the opportunity to say, hey, here's what we're all about. We're cool, we're young, we're hip, or whatever it is, or we're different, or we're eclectic. Or So that graphic then will give them the ability to say, okay, this type of brand is like this, um, and that gives them more of a selling point. So like just a and, and how expensive would those ads be? Again, it's auction-based, but it's still cents. Per, per impression, so, okay. so you're not paying big dollars for it. It's because it's based on a per user, per person basis. So I, I guess that's the thing, like we've been talking round figures for the ease of our conversation, so you know, like talking about $5 or $3. Yep. What is the average um, cost per click that, yep. uh, that the auctions are throwing out? 
Um, it, it varies depending on the price of the item, mm -hmm. obviously. So, you know, in some categories where the items are 100 bucks, you can get up to $1.80 a click. Yep. Um, in some categories where they're a lot lower, it's sub 50 cents. Mm -hmm. um, some it can be minimum bid price if you're going unopposed. So a minimum bid price is 29 cents. So, um, you know, if you get in early and you get kind of uh, first mover advantage, you, you pay the least amount because you're going unopposed. Obviously, as the header gets more saturated and more people bid, then naturally it's going to get more expensive. But you'll never pay more than your maximum bid anyway. But we're not talking tens of dollars. It's basically small amounts um, that are that are measurable. And I mean, we're talking about beer um, in this conversation because mm -hmm. it's it's a Australian brewers news. But this is for all online marketplaces that you're running similar auctions. Um, so it's not just online alcohol. No, correct. Yeah. So we have. Um, you know, retailers in uh, homewares, grocery, electronics. Um, so it's a kind of multi-channel platform. Um, it's, it's agnostic in terms of industry, in terms of category. Uh, luckily for us in retail, everything's run by barcode um, and, everyone, and everyone can be identified using a hash or a number. Um, so it's very easy for us to work out, you know, whether it's a T-shirt or whether it's a, you know, like a bottle of soft drink or mm -hmm. a alcohol or a TV, whatever it is, people will have a history of how they purchase, their economical range, their brand loyalty, and then we can determine based upon those rules, you know, who's in the auction, who's participating, and then we can show them sponsored content basically. So, um, so yeah, we, we play in a few different industries here in Australia. Um, in the UK, we play over there as well. We've got a few clients. In the US, we're starting to build a bit of a presence as well. So um, yeah, we've had some really good traction here with a lot of liquor suppliers. Um, most of them see it as a, as a refreshing change just to how to spend money. Um, I think it's a bit different to, you know, you're above the line spend. Um, and it's, it's definitely, a, it's, a, it's, a, it's a shiny new toy, right? You know, you, not many people get to see these fancy graphs and see how their products are performing on an individual SKU level yep. ever before. So it's quite, it's quite interesting for a lot of them. <coughs> and uh, how, how many brewers can you give us? Uh, are you able to sort of talk about who's signed up or what's the um, brewers are signed up or is that? Uh, I'm, without sounding rude, I'm not down at that level. Yeah. Um, most of the majors have all signed up. Okay. Um, in terms of, uh, local brewers though. I think we, we've had a fair bit of traction in the last couple of months. Um, I'd say with a, with at least two dozen of them, yep. um, you know, who are all just willing to give it a go uh, because it is kind of risk-free, I guess, in a lot of ways. Um, I think that I think they're all kind of willing to give it a punt, but for us, it's just a, it's a case of, it's great to get on shows like these because you get the word out and broadcast, whereas you know, when you look at it from a business perspective, unfortunately, the big guys, you know, 12 phone calls and you can make a lot of money versus, you know, speaking to mm. a thousand brewers could take you six months. You yep. know, and as, as a startup, you have to look to scale quickly. Yes. But the beauty about the product is that you don't even need us to get involved to sign up and start using it. It's very much like Facebook and Google. You can just get in, log in, create your ads and put a credit card in and away you go. Terrific. Yeah. Well, I, mean, I guess, is there anything else that uh, brewers who are listening should know about the product? Um, well, look, I think whilst every business is out to make money, um, this product was really designed for the long tail. Like it was designed for um, the smaller guys to be able to compete. Mm -hmm. We didn't set out and say, hey, we want to help small business. 
but the nature of the auction and the nature of the self-serve model means now that these guys actually get a seat at the table and they get to dictate their own future. So I'd say, look, you know, it's, it's worth trying if nothing else. Um, if nothing else, you're gonna get reporting on how your products are performing, so you're not, you're not gonna get nothing in return. Um, and as the system grows and we get more retailers on board, obviously um, Citrus will become quite mainstream. Uh, doing a lot more with display advertising now, um, so getting banners, we're possibly working with a company now to get in-store display going as well. So mm -hmm. we're gonna be showing banners across TV screens in the store, so um, yeah, we're hopefully gonna reach you know, many different touch points for, for these guys and, and make it happen on a cost per impression or a cost per click model, yep. which means they don't have to fork out 50 grand, 100 grand, which most small brewers don't have the capacity to do. So I think it's, um, it's affordable, which is what the key thing is, affordable, measurable, so. Um, I'm sure every brewer I've spoken to uh, likes the sound of affordable and measurable. Yeah, that's right. Uh, well, Brad, uh, thank you very much uh, for your time. Thank you for joining us on Australian Brews News and uh, uh, all the best with Citrus. And we'll certainly include links in the show notes to um, where people can sign on for, for that, um, as they love to say, no obligation free trial. Yeah, exactly right. Yeah, no, thanks for having us. Brilliant. And that was Brad Moran. I'm sure you'll agree it was a pretty interesting idea and it's going to be really interesting to watch to see what impact it has on the online beer marketplace. This interview was in addition to Beer as a Conversation and Brews News Week this week, both of which you can hear through the Radio Brews News Network wherever you get your favourite podcasts. Thanks for joining us.